808. So amid the ongoing protests against the government in Chile, we've seen President Sebastián Piñera announce the cancellation of a couple of major forums, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, or APEC as we call it, uh, the COP25, the United Nations Climate Change Conference as well, that was set to be held in December. And the president there said, this has been a very difficult decision, a decision that causes us a lot of pain because we fully understand the importance of the two events, not just for the country, but for the world. There's a ripple effect too, because we had been hoping President Moon Jae-in might get together with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe on the sidelines uh, in Chile. But um, they did just have an 11-minute conversation in, in Bangkok, for what it's worth. Not enough, it seems, to to avert what looks like a separation further of uh, the countries on the military intelligence sharing front uh, later this month. But for now, let's focus our attention on Chile with Professor Julio Pinto, who specialises in history at the University of Santiago. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for calling me. So Chile vowed earlier that it would not let the violence of what's happening in Chile derail plans for these major events. What would have changed to force the cancellation? I think what uh, we're seeing here is um, an admission on the part of the government that they don't have the situation completely under control, so they wouldn't want to risk um, holding major uh, global summits of uh, the, the the dimension we're talking about, uh, with the possibility that you know they would be in a sense affected by demonstrations and protests. So, what's happening with the protests? Uh, and and can you kind of summarize for us, especially many of us will have heard about the Chile protests, but maybe not understand fully the context for them. Well, I think we're looking at um, the accumulation of, uh, of several grievances that have not been addressed in the past 30 years after the Pinochet dictatorship finished and have to do, has to do with uh, the privatization of many social services like health, education, pensions, and so forth. And um, we have had in the recent past focalized um, explosions of in around 10 uh, things like education or pensions, but now they all added up together, and we have a, a society-wide um, explosion of, 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 of discontent, which is uh, affecting uh, the, the agenda of the government, including uh, summits as important as the APEC and the COP25. Has the government's response made things significantly worse than they might otherwise have been? I think they have, because um, the decision to, to put the military back on the streets uh, virtually at the very beginning of the protests brought back very painful memories we have here of um, military dictatorship. And it, it suggested to the population that the government was not being sensitive about the, the real grievances and was more intent on, on repressing than on listening. So, as you say, it had a, a, a kind of a backfire effect in that the, the protests and the demonstra- demonstrations grew even, even larger and louder. So I think that is something in which um, the, the, the government did not understand at first what was going on, and it is paying the costs right now. 
is reminiscent of the um, response here in South Korea when when we saw police firing powerful water cannons. Um, but but of course the it people here were able to 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 eventually force change, uh, including much later the uh, the impeachment of um, of the president on on in a second wave of protests because the the water cannons were used mm-hmm. previously. Um, what sort of hope do you have for for change there? Well, the the initial response of the government has been rather to bet on uh, sort of a war of attrition, uh, hoping for the protesters to 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 tire out and and go back to their houses. So, when they realized, when the government realized that the the repression wasn't having the effects they 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 expected, they promised minor uh, reforms, which don't really touch the. The, the pillars of what is causing all this discontent, which is basically the privatization of um, of social services, as I said, health, education, pensions, and so forth. So my, my assessment is that the government is hoping that uh, just by holding out, the, the agitation will subside and things will go back to normal. But we are now entering the third week of... Uh, of demonstrations and the population does not seem to be tiring out so in a sense we don't really know how this will eventually uh, turn out as well as reporting the, the deaths that we mentioned before which is awful in itself the um the idea that at least 20 people have uh, have been killed um that number is even dwarfed by the number of arrests over 7000 people it seems like. Yeah, fi- fi- Sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, please go on. Um, yeah, well, I was just wondering how much sacrifice the people will be willing to bear to force change eventually, if if the government has this war of attrition approach. Well, I think uh, they're willing to bear more sacrifice than the, than the government was expecting. So that is why the 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 brunt of the repression came during the. The first days, uh, it has uh, subsided a little, not not completely. Um, the state of emergency has been lifted, which means that the military have come back to their barracks for the time being. So the uh, the ro- control of the streets is back in the hands of the of the regular police. But we still have uh, injured people and arrests and s- many. Um, Many uh, accusations of, of, of torture being, being inflicted on, on, on the on the detained. So the the repressive um, strategy, although it it of course generates fear in the population, has not worked as quickly and as um, efficiently as the government initially thought. So that is why now we have the second sort of stage in which uh, minor concessions are being made that do not. Know, impinge on the on the on the main structure of the socioeconomic model, and um, and what I said, uh, the, the this war of attrition in which uh, the government just expects people to get tired of, of protesting and 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 go back to their homes. So here is basically a, a struggle of wills. Um, right now, as you're calling, we have a, a protest going on in the streets. Uh, it is not as large as the the one that took place on uh, two Fridays ago, but it shows that the 
society, the population is still willing to to you know, continue this this uh, the struggle and see if it, if it can force the the government to to make uh, more significant reforms. Getting a sense again of just how dangerous it is there. We we talked about Chile not feeling confident enough to hold these major international gatherings without uh, the possibility of maybe things getting out of control and a and a huge national embarrassment and, and maybe worse than that. But but what's it like for you as a as a university professor walking around the street? Uh, do you, do you feel you've got to do things very differently to before? Well, um, things have not gone back to normal since the protests started. Um, the universities are closed in the sense that classes are not being held. Um, the workday has shortened significantly because people uh, are not confident that they can get back home um, in, in the regular times. So we're not living under any sort of, a, of an ordinary kind of a schedule or, or, or situation. Uh, it is not so dangerous that you're afraid to go out in the street and, and, and risk uh, being shot at unless you go to the demonstrations and, uh, and face you know, the, pol- the, the police repression. But um, the government is sort of was expecting that situation would go back to normal much sooner than it has. Um, and uh, because it hasn't been able to, to control the situation as they would have liked to, and that is why I think they are. They finally decided to to uh, not host the the two summits. Not so much because violence could, um, I think, um, violence could could, in a sense, affect the the proceedings of the of the summits. But that the 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 image the visitors would get off Chile would be would be very different from the kind of. Uh, uh, oasis situation that President Pineda was announcing just a couple of weeks ago before the demonstrations erupted. So, more than danger to the to the visiting um, to, to the visiting delegations, I think what they're trying to save is basically their um, safe face. <laughs> that this is not a country that is as peaceful and as content as they were. Uh, conveying right. a very short time ago. Professor Pinto, we are out of time, but if there was an election right now, is there anyone particularly strong who, who would who would defeat the president? Well, see, that's that's a, another problem of, this, of the current situation, and it is that the, the political uh, establishment in general is very discredited, so there are no clear um, leaderships or, or, or organizations let alone political parties, that people trust enough to, um, to follow in, 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 in the sort of scenario you're presenting. So um, what we have is a sort of general explosion, but with no clear leadership and, and coordination, yeah. uh, which is, in a sense, a strength, but also a weakness, because it might uh, simply dissipate. Well it, well, it certainly sounds like any immediate positive outcome for the pro- protesters um, it's going to require attrition on their part as well. And and we can hear a little bit of the noise uh, in the background of the protest. Professor Pinto joining us from right. the University of Santiago. Thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for, for reaching me.